Welcome to What She Said, A Thrill of Hope. I'm Amanda Wood, and today is Monday, December 5th. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in again today. I'm going to be covering Luke 1, 21 through 25. Before I get started, I just wanted to let you know that my husband and I do another podcast called Rings to Tags. And this um, season for Advent, we are covering kind of a high-level synopsis of our daily podcasts here. So um, if you wanted to listen with your husband or a friend or a dad or whoever, I don't know. If you wanted to tune in for that with anyone else, um, it's kind of just a less detailed discussion between the two of us about some of the things we covered in this podcast. If you're interested, I'm going to put the link to that in the show notes for today. But for now, we'll get back to Luke 1, 21 through 25. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. And so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. So to recap yesterday a little bit, or I guess, sorry, not yesterday, but Friday, today's Monday, you'll remember that Zacharias was in the temple. He was burning the incense. He was praying. The angel showed up, told him he was going to have a son. He totally doubted the angel, didn't show very well for himself, and got punished with this muteness. Meanwhile, there is a huge crowd of people outside of the temple. If you remember, we said that three men went in, um, Zacharias being one of them on this particular day. Two of them left. That was the sign that Zacharias was going to begin praying and offering the incense in the temple. So the people outside, the worshipers themselves would pray. They would have noticed that Zacharias was in the temple for kind of a long time because he was talking to Gabriel. The custom was for a priest to promptly exit the temple because the holy place was sort of a mess around and find out kind of situation. Priests were struck dead for misdeeds in the temple. The crowd would have been nervous upon the exit of Zacharias because he would have taken longer than they expected. When he comes out, He's supposed to give the ironic blessing from Numbers 6, 24 through 26, which is the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And the worshipers would respond by saying, blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Following this blessing, Uh, Worship began with a blast from some silver trumpets, and then a priest struck cymbals, and a choir of Levites began to sing a psalm. 
So now we have Zacharias and he's now mute and he's exiting. And instead of giving this ironic blessing and you've already got a nervous crowd and you're now not even following the process and he's now giving hand signals in attempt to communicate with everyone, um, they could, you know, they could tell that something had, had not gone according to plan in the temple. Um, they assumed he saw a vision, which they not entirely wrong, Um but they, he would have made the crowd very nervous and nobody would have known what was going on. Now, I'm sure they were very actually relieved to see him walk out. But Zacharias went on to complete his temple service. So he's mute now, but he completed his temple service and he returned home to the hills of Judea and to his wife, Elizabeth. And I can't really even imagine how the exchange went when he tried to exp- explain told her isn't really the right word here right somehow communicated to her what was going on for one thing Gabriel did not tell Zacharias here that Elizabeth had already conceived he said that Elizabeth was going to conceive and this was going to be through natural means not some miraculous conception so the now mute Zacharias who's throwing around a lot of hand signs I hope somebody gave him like a tablet to write on but by this point he's got a lot to explain to Elizabeth because they have an assignment to complete and he doesn't have a very good way to communicate um, this entire story to her in the detail that he probably would have liked. So in some amount of time, Elizabeth conceives and she hides herself for five months. There's no reason to read this part as shame or fear for her, but she probably had a lot to um, meditate on and think about with the Lord. It seems as if Elizabeth is hardly mentioned in this whole story, but I feel like we actually know a lot about her and we can learn a lot from her faith as a woman of God. For one thing, she teaches us to live a life of obedience to God. Nobody is capable of perfect obedience. N- none of us. Every every best intention will fail at some time or another. Even with God's help, we don't become perfect people. But we know that Elizabeth didn't live her life in any chronic sin. She wasn't embedded in any persistent sin. She kept her heart and her mind right with the Lord, even though we can be sure that she failed and sinned from day to day. The second thing we can learn from Elizabeth is to be patient and to wait on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 64, 4 says, For since the beginning of the word, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you, who acts for the one who who waits for him. Elizabeth would have known these verses, and I like to think that she would have meditated on these and others in the times when she was praying for a child and felt like her prayers were unanswered. But she waited on God. She stayed walking with him. She stayed alongside of him, and she persevered through what felt for so long like an unanswered prayer. Now, we know that God doesn't really fail to answer our prayers, but sometimes, very often it seems, that answer is wait. Trust me, 
And I think that that's probably the answer that Elizabeth was given all along. But that feels really hard. Wait for what? Her time passed. What is she waiting on? But what we can see of Elizabeth is we're not told that like her husband, she doubted. We see a woman who withdrew to meditate, to take her time to work through this with her Lord. She stood upright through all of her life and she did God's work through her pain and through the scorn of her community. But it was worth it. It was worth it for this moment. And I'd be willing to bet that Elizabeth thought it was worth it in this moment to have lived her life for the Lord this way before he ever sent this unbelievable blessing for her life. God himself is reward enough, but he is also the God who is greater than anything we can ask or think. A third thing we can learn from Elizabeth is that unanswered prayer is not automatically a judgment from God. Again, we're saying unanswered prayer for a prayer that is simply um, not coming to a point where it's resolved. It's not a no and it's not a yes. It's, it's a wait or a not yet. For our purposes, we're referring to that as unanswered prayer. But I will say that, again, God always answers. But your unanswered prayers, they can be a judgment for God, from God, okay? They're not automatically a judgment from God, but they, they can be. If we are asking while in sin of something from God, it's possible that he will simply not answer our prayer. We learn in 1 Peter 3, 7 that a husband who does not follow God's commands in his dealing with his wife can have his prayers hindered. So when you're in prayer, you and you feel like you're not getting an answer, you have to evaluate your life and your relationship with God to know whether you're in sin, which is severing your communication and your fellowship. I believe that Elizabeth, who was described as so righteous, knew this and knew that God wasn't judging her, even while her community clearly assumed that he was. Another thing, thing number four that we can learn from Elizabeth is God can use us our entire lives. He doesn't show favor to the young or to the old. God uses us in every age and stage and has a plan for us to walk no matter what. If he has us alive here on the earth, he has a job for us. Elizabeth's job and miracle fall similarly in line with Sarah, the mother of Isaac. Both of these women of advanced age had their wombs open for life by God and then had a job to do in raising that child of promise even into their advanced age. God is always prepared to use you if you'll follow him and walk in his ways. The fifth thing we can learn from Elizabeth is that we are never unseen by God. Whatever we suffer, God will see us and he will reward us for our faithfulness. Psalm 138.8 says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. I'm guessing that this pregnancy for Elizabeth, though it was divinely ordained, came with all of the same symptoms as any other pregnancy. Elizabeth was of an advanced age, and she probably wasn't in the best of shape for pregnancy at that time. And we know that it's hard on anyone, but it, it does get harder the older you get. And that's, you know, for someone who is older and yet still of a reasonable age to be having children in a normal and possible way. 
To me, it seems like that could be one of the reasons why Elizabeth hid herself away for those months. She could have just not been feeling well. She wanted to spend time processing it on her own, um, but also she just wasn't feeling well um, at all and wasn't really up to doing the things that she might have been up to doing before. I also really identify with the idea that she needed to go through her own road on all of this. Um, when I had my second child, it was after a very difficult ro- road. I didn't tell people that I was pregnant for a long time. Like it was physically really obvious that I was pregnant and I just, I didn't feel like talking about it because of the difficult path that I had traversed getting to where I was. So I can really identify with this idea that perhaps Elizabeth just didn't need to let hundreds of opinions and gawking eyes into this tremendous blessing from God. This wasn't any child she was about to have. She would have known from Zacharias that this child was the forerunner of of the Messiah, and that's a tremendous responsibility to be handed. It must have required a lot of time with God and time in the scriptures to process the enormity of the responsibility that she was given with this gift. I know that infertility can bring unbearable pain to so many women. And though I can't know for sure, I have to imagine that Elizabeth had suffered greatly through her years of barrenness. I can imagine her tearful prayers, her terrible disappointment each and every month. No matter the faith she had in God, she surely felt the pain of that bitter disappointment that we all feel when our prayers aren't answered as we hope. But through all of that, we see that she was walking with God and she remained righteous. She's a great example of faith when we're in similar situations and her outcome is such a testimony to the truth that God is always working his plan. Whatever your struggle is, You have not been abandoned. So don't walk away from the Lord. Feel your pain, but understand that you simply cannot understand. We cannot know the mind of God, but we can absolutely feel his peace when we're willing to unclench our fists, keep our eyes up, and trust his plan. God loves you and he knows your pain. Jesus Christ suffered more than anyone can. He knows the reality of our life, and he's already put his skin in the game when it comes to suffering. He's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done. He's not asking us to suffer anything greater than he's already suffered. He's not asking us to carry a larger burden than he has already carried. He promised us this world would be tough, but take heart because he's overcome the world. And though we're still living in this time where pain and suffering exist, we have a savior and he'll carry you through. That's going to be all for us today. Thanks so much for tuning in.